0: Alhamdulillah. لله، Salaman Adai Lai Minasheetan in the Ya Allah Allah Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah 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 Subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his love for us, he calls us alladheena amanu in Qur'an. You see, if somebody calls their wife, oh my wife, it creates a feeling of love. If she talks, oh my husband, it creates a feeling of love. So when Allah calls his believers alladheena amanu, means Allah Ta'ala is saying, oh you who have Iman In the it's also Allah Zahra attesting to our Imam. See so if there's somebody and I call him doctor, it means that I'm attesting that I believe he is a doctor. I'm certifying he's a doctor. That's why I'm calling him doctor. So when Allah Zahra calls us amalu, the first happiness we should have is, Ya Allah, you accept my Imam. You are calling me allatheena amalu. But Allah, Zahra, I want you to call me that I I want you to call out Ya on Day Judgment and give me tawfiq to answer to that call. But who will be raised and Amalu? That person who in this life, in this world, they answer to the call Allah issues in Quran whenever Allah said Ya and Now the women have left being from the zaqirat. They left this yep. now, second misconception was that, no, I'm too busy as a mother and a housewife. So then if I asked that woman, okay, what do you mean that you're very busy as a mother? She says, no, you don't understand my schedule, my day. I said, okay, tell me, what is your day? I have to wake up the children, I have to prepare their breakfast, I have to get them ready, I have to feed them breakfast, I have to take them to school, I have to clean up the room after them, I have to prepare their lunch, I have to pick them up from school, I have to give them bath, I have to change their clothes, I have to help them with their homework, I have to make them dinner, I have to feed them dinner, I have to put them to sleep. Alright, I accept all of that, that you should do that, and you must do all of that. But if you look at that list, all of that is also everything that an atheist mother also does. All of that is something that a non-believing woman also does. So there should be some aspect of your Iman, some aspect of Deen in your relationship with your children. And that aspect is the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now understand very clearly that part of being a mother is being a daqir woman. Why? Because the children will be able to perceive, subconsciously, they'll be able to perceive the nur of zikr from your heart. Is it present or is it absent? Why? Because all children indeed are masum Until they attain the age of physical maturity from 12 to 15, they're masoom. So all your young children are masum. What does masum mean? It means that nothing they do will be characterized as sin in the sharia. They may be naughty, they may misbehave, but it won't negatively impact them spiritually because they're not bali, they're children, they're not mukallaf yet. So it means that their heart stays pure. Still you have to do their tirbiya, still you have to educate them, still you have to give them good morals still you have to try to make sure they don't misbehave but if they misbehave it doesn't affect their heart because they're not yet bothering so it means their heart is mafuz, their heart is ma'zum their heart remains pure and innocent now because their spiritual heart remains pure so that heart can feel if there is zikr of Allah in your heart. Now listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Qur'an. Wala man qalbahu Allah Ta-A'la announced to everyone in Qur'an. Wala do not obey, do not listen, do not follow, do not respect. Whosoever that we Allah have made his or her heart empty from our zikr. That means if a woman's heart is empty of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is Himself telling people in Qur'an, including her own children. لَا تُطَيْءْ Do not obey, follow, respect such a person. But if you had been able to learn the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, if you were able to have learned the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, and make zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart, then your child's heart will be attracted to your heart. Then the child will be more likely to take deen from you, take sifat from you, take character from you, take morality from you. And then for twelve years, if your heart was the imam of your child's heart for twelve years, then even after they become balig, even after they attain maturity, even after they reach the age of spiritual responsibility, from the ages of 12 to 20, they will still turn to your heart, they will still turn to your forgiveness. But if you don't have that zikr in your heart then when they cross 12 then they will go to middle school, they will be in high school, then they will look to the dunya, they will look to their friends, they will look to the role models the media will present to them, they will look to celebrities, fashion models etc and they will take their guidance from there. Yes, all this time you may still have been waking up, making breakfast, changing clothes, taking to school, helping with homework, preparing lunch, all of that kept going. So you need to have a spiritual aspect to your parenting. And the spiritual aspect of parenting is that the child feels the Zikr in your heart. And especially those of you who have babies, So what is a baby? Understand what a baby is. A newborn baby is a Ruh that has entered this world. And where was that Ruh before? That Ruh was already alive for billions and billions of years. Because Allah Ta'ala made it clear Quran that first He created all the arwah of insan. And then one by one as their decreed moment of conception and birth is, those rules are sent into this world. So the reason why everybody loves a newborn baby is not because of their smell, it's because they're holding a ruh in their hand that for billions of years was being taken care of by Allah Ta'ala and has just come in this world. So that ruh has nisbat with Allah wa Taala. Now that ruh is going to be able to feel what's in your ruh when you clasp that baby to your breast and you hug them. Their kull will be able to feel in this mother of mine. Is there any nur of the zikr of Allah? Ta'ala? Is there nur of ta'ala? Is there nur of taqwa? Is there nur of sunnah? Or is she empty of these things? So that's the best kunya. Yes, the physical warmth you give them by clasping them, the words soothing you say to their ears, but even more than that, more soothing to them would be the sukoon al itminan that was in your heart because of the zikr of Allah. Allah bi-zikrillahi al khloob. If your heart had that sukoon al itminan, then your baby would get sukoon al itminan. So part of being a mother, critical part of being a mother, is to get that nur of zikr of Allah in your heart. And it's also true for any of you who are teachers and educators, especially if you're teaching 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th grade. So those children also, their heart will be attracted to your heart when you become from a dog or a woman. So I hope this clears this misconception that this is not for the mothers or the housewives. Always remember, being a housewife is not your identity. Being a housewife is a role, is a function. Your identity is you are the abidah of Allah Ta'ala, of Allah Ta'ala, talibah of Allah Ta'ala. You are the worshipful slave of Allah Ta'ala, lover seeker of Allah swatala. She who remembers Allah Ta'ala, that's who you are. Being a housewife might be what you happen to do. That's why when a woman understands this, then she will make time for zikr. You see, then you try to say next misconception is a woman says, oh I don't have time for zikr. Then one thing she presents is, oh I have three children. Okay, so love. So she's saying, because I have three children, I don't have time to make zikr. And then what happens, one year later we find out, she had fourth baby. So because she said, no, I had time for zikr, so she shouldn't have time to take care of fourth baby, so we should put fourth baby up for adoption, right? Because she insisted, I don't have time. I don't even have time to make half an hour of zikr a day. So what happens? Of course not. She makes the time to take care of fourth baby. If there's a woman, she says, no, you don't understand, I have two children and I also work, I'm a teacher. That's why I don't have time for zikr. No, if the principal tells her that, oh, you know, one teacher has gone on leave and therefore all of you have to teach one extra period, you must come 45 minutes earlier to school. She will say, okay, from tomorrow, very next day, I will be there 45 minutes earlier. She made the time for school, she should make the time for zikr. Okay, if a woman says, no, you don't understand, I have three children and I work and I'm a doctor. Allahu Akbar Same thing. If there's a doctor who leaves the hospital, then the hospital administrator comes and he calls all the doctors and said, you know, actually we're having a problem in our budget. We were thinking of downsizing, but now because there's one doctor left, so we have two options we can either make all of you add extra one round in rotation and we won't have to let any one of you go and you all fulfill the role that that doctor left and then our budget will be balanced. Or if you're not willing to do that, then we will have to hire another doctor to replace them and make one of you go. So immediately that woman doctor will say, oh boss, I'm happy I'll do one more rotation around every single day. Instantly she will say that. So it's not like that. You can make time. You can and do, mashallah, make time for those things that are important to you. The day that you realize the importance of the zikr of Allah, you will be able to make time for it. The way you will make time is, like I said, realizing that being a housewife and all these other things are merely roles. They're not your real identity. Therefore, you will trim the extra baking, extra cooking, extra decorating, extra shopping, all of those extra things that are in our life. You sometimes have to trim the extras of your dunya if you want to get extras of Deen. It's your choice. You may be able to balance the bare minimum of Deen with the bare minimum of dunya. But if you want the extras of deen, you want to learn ilm, you want to understand tafsir of Qur'an, you want to understand the sunnah of Nabiya Kareem you want to pray tahajjud salah, you want to recite Qur'an, you want to love for Allah to enter you your heart, you want to be trained how to remember Allah all the time, you want to be from zakirat, then you have to give up on some of the extras of the dunya. And we haven't been sent to this world to enjoy luxuries and comforts in this world. We've been sent to this world to live a life so that somehow we can get the luxuries and comforts of akhirah so we can get extra hasanat, extra darajat in akhirah. Not so we can get extra things in this world. It's all about your outlook, your perspective, your attitude. Once you have the right outlook, the right perspective, you will be inspired, motivated, you will be driven to learn and make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Third misconception is that I make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but still the problems stay. And I don't understand, I thought the problems would go away. So understand very clearly, the problems will not go away zikr is not done for that reason. Some people have this misconception that I want to do zikr. Why? So this problem goes away, this problem goes away. Those of you who know Urdu, Hame kuchh pardne kud hai, hai, wo hai, So this is a wrong reason to make the ibadat of Allah Then some, another misconception that women, they think that, oh, maybe Allah is angry with me. Why is Allah angry with you? Because this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen understand very clearly now Allah Ta'ala tests everybody Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran ayyukum asanu amala Allah Ta'ala is going to test you to see which one of you is the most virtuous and beautiful in action beauty in action So hmm? everybody will test it it doesn't mean Allah Ta'ala is angry with you I'll give you proof now who does Allah Ta'ala love the most he loves the Anbiya the most the Prophets and Messengers <inaudible> are the most beloved to Allah But if you look, Allahu Akbar Kabeerah, Allah tested them so much in their life. Look at Sayyidina Adam What a big test he has, that he has two sons, then one of his sons kills the other son. Allahu Akbar. Now some of you are mothers, some of you have two sons. Can you imagine that one son of yours kills the other son of yours? You would say, my life is finished. You would say, I will enter a state of depression that I will never come out of. Hmm? Now look, is Allah Ta'ala angry at Sayyidina Adam A.S.? No, he loves Adam A.S. Allah Ta'ala loves Adam A.S. more than he loves all of us combined. Hmm? But Allah Ta'ala tests. Allah Ta'ala tests everyone. Allah Ta'ala tests everyone. Look at Sayyidina Nuh A.S., next major prophet in line. Sayyidina Nuh A.S., what happens to him? So his son does not accept Iman, then Allah, Allah Drowns his son in front of his eyes. Hmm? Now again, many of you mothers and children, can you imagine watching your child drown in front of you, watching the flood come, watching the water come, watching your child splash and fail, watching your child gasp and gurgle, then watching your child go underneath the water, and then later seeing his dead body floating on the surface. Allah. Akbar hmm? And on top of that he was a Nabi. And on top of that Allah told him that only did your son die or your son is going to go to Jahannam. Allah Imagine if you were told that, that your child is going to Jahannam, you would be flat, you would be I'm finished. But doesn't mean Allah tells angry, no. Allah loves saying But Allah tests people, Allah tests people. And this is why Allah put these stories for some Qur'an for us to realize this. Now when I see the type of test you put your Anbiya, test of Ayyub, and Nabi wasallam said that of all of the Anbiya, I was the most tested by Allah. Most difficulties. So when we reflect on all of that, we realize that Ya Allah, you haven't tested me at all. You are drowning me in blessings and bounties. You've given me every happiness and comfort. You've given me every joy and delight. Next is that don't think by doing zikr, the problems will go away. The problems will stay. The problems come as a test from Allah. The problems stay, but the worries go away. The problems will stay, but the worries will go away. What does it mean? It means that, it means that, I'll explain to you in Urdu, that the difficulties are going to the difficulty will remain, but you won't be worried by it. Why? Because you have the Noor of Zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart, you have Tawakkul, trust upon Allah Ta'ala, you make dua to Allah Ta'ala, you have Yaqeen that Allah Ta'ala will help you out of it, if you find that you're still stuck in it, you will submit to Allah's will and say, Ya Allah, I'm Razi with you. If you want me to go through this process, go through this difficulty, go through this test, might be difficult husband, might be difficult in law, might be difficult financial situation. That Ya Rab, out of my humility and my weakness, I am trying to get out of this situation. But if you wish to keep me in this situation for my tarbiyah, from my training, I will have sabr, I will have shukar, I will still love you, I will still Still be pleased with you. You will only be able to feel those feelings when you have the zikr vilata on your heart. And when you don't have the zikr vilata on your heart, no. When the difficulty comes, you will be depressed, you will get anxiety. You will say, I don't feel like doing anything. You will take your cup of chai and just stare out the window. You won't be able to make dua to Allah Ta'ala. You won't turn to Allah Ta'ala. Then you'll start feeling distant from Allah Ta'ala. Then you'll call your friends. Say, maybe Allah is angry with me. I don't understand what's happening in my life. Then in your heart you might complain against Allah Ta'ala. You might ask that question never to be asked. That, Ya Allah, why me? Why is this happening to me? Hmm? You can end up all the way in this type of depression and doubts if you don't have the zikr of Allah ta'ala in your heart. Hmm? Now given that Allah Ta'ala is going to test everyone, so that isn't better that everyone try to learn the zikr, so their heart becomes firmly attached in love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Hmm? So Allah Ta'ala mentioned this in Qur'an, Zakirat. So all the women believers and all the women here today, they should make that niyyah and intention and have irada and desire that they want to be from the Zakirat women. Alhamdulillah, in Islamic history, so many women in this ummah were dakirat. You know, I'll tell you, for the first, let's say roughly, 1200 years of Islamic history, one great act of zikr the mothers used to do, is that all the mothers used to teach children Qur'an themselves. This is a modern phenomenon, that children are sent to maktab, Masjid to learn Qur'an. That children are given to a Qali who teaches them Qur'an. Otherwise, traditionally, for the vast majority of Islamic history, and still in some places and families in the world, the mother herself would teach Qur'an. Now the barakah of that is that a lot of the zikr would take place at home. You know, right now we've outsourced the zikr to the masjid. So the children go, where are they learning Qur'an? In the masjid. So what happened? Your home became empty of that recitation. And that recitation is barakah. إِذَا الْقُرْآنَ So that Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes upon you. Hmm? Listen intently, be silent, and Allah's mercy comes. So whatever Qur'an is recited, Allah's mercy comes, that used to be in the homes. So imagine how much Qur'an that mother would recite if she's teaching all her children Qur'an. Imagine in home how much those children would recite if they were all learning Qur'an at home. So this was an active zikr then women must used to make more ibadah because they should go out of the house less. So they would make more ibadah at home. So much so it's even written that some women would designate a part of their home, they would call it masjidul bayt And that would be the place where they would make ibadah, their musamlah, their salah, their zikr. So can you imagine how much ibadah that woman must have done that in her home there was some place called masjid bait. bayt Allahu Akbar but then what happened was basically a long story, but in the colonial period, everything changed. And a lot of the believers, men and women, their spiritual feelings went down. Then what happened was that, let's now take our history of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. So when in 1947-8, 1947-8, these countries became independent, so the ulama had great hope. Okay now finally we're going to be free and now we can make a beautiful society like Medina Manawra which is full, full of Nur of Hayah, Zikr and Sunnah. But as all of you know that never happened. And the same elites who were running the countries under the British, the same elites began running these independent countries. So then what happened? A lot of women they started going out in society, participating in society, maybe sometimes even positively, but also being exposed to all the negative things in society. Then traditionally when women used to learn ilm, because this is another very important thing, you must do zikr of Allah and you must learn the knowledge of your deen. Now traditionally women would learn ilm either from there, Mehram, male, alim relative, maybe father was alim, husband was alim, brother was alim. And then when some of them would learn originally, then those alimah, those women scholars would teach the women in their family, neighborhood, etc. But what happened was, in this early period of independence, our ulama, they realized something, that now because things are going astray, and a lot of fitness are coming in society, and almost every woman now is out there in society. There's hardly any concept anymore of a woman being secluded in her home. So then the ulama said, can we adjust? We adjust, what must we do? So said step number one, now we must make formal institutions of Islamic learning for women. It's very interesting, in most of Islamic history, you will hardly find any darlum for women. Like I told you, women learn through these circles of learning, first from their mahrum male relatives, and then within and amongst each other. And who was the very first to understand this? This was a great blessing Allah ta'ala bestowed on the ulama of Duband. And this started in the 1960s, they opened up a few full-time, full-fledged, fully dedicated institutions of higher Islamic learning for women. Because they thought, no, now we need the women to become full Ulama, complete the of Qur'an, complete of Hadith, deep understanding of faith, knowledge of Sirah, etc. Now in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the other Ulama said, oh, this is wrong, this is fitna, women are going to leave homes, what are you doing? And women may stay in boarding, this is a problem. But those few pioneer visionary Ulama, they remain steadfast, they said, no, this is a need. We must give this knowledge to the women. And Alhamdulillah, after these first few institutions in the 60s, then they produced their graduates, and those graduates were, mashallah, salihat women, zaqirat women, alama women, and then they brought that nur of that ilm and Hayat and zikr into society, and they began to guide other women, connect women to Allah Ta'ala, teach women deen, help women in their issues. So then in the 70s, many ulama realized that this is the right thing to do, and in the 70s, more women's da'alum increased, and in the eighties there was a massive boom. So much so that by right now, twenty fifteen, the number of women's Da in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and then their graduates who've gone on to establish Dahlums in US, Canada, UK, South Africa is the single greatest effort for Islamic education in the entire history of the Ummah and also contemporary in the Ummah. Allah Kabira. All this was the great vision of the great ulama of So it means that along with your zikr, you must learn the ilm of deen. This should be your passion. Now I understand, you may not be able to pursue those studies full-time, because mashallah, many of you might be full-time mother, full-time homemaker, some of you may have full-time professions, as long as you work according to the rules of sharia, and the guidelines of deen, and the principles of haya, you are allowed to work. Hmm? But the question is, that because you're a full-time housewife or full-time mother or full-time teacher or full-time doctor, or whatever the case may be, do you want to be deprived of the Ilm of Deen? No. You should say, no Allah, I don't want that. I want to get Ilm of Tafsir, Ilm of Qur'an, Ilm of Hadith, Ilm of Fiqh, Ilm of Tazkiyah, I want to learn how to make myself pleasing to you, I want to practice the Zikr, I want to become from Zakirah, Salihah, mu'minat. And yes, so you should have some part-time effort in your life, and when you do that part-time effort in a sustained, engaged way, and you do it for years, years, like mashallah, if you have two, three, four, five children, so you'll be a practicing mother for 20, 30 years of your life, and then you will retire as grandmother, hmm? And then your kids will have kids, hmm? Inshallah. So then just like that, for 10, 15 years, you can keep doing zikr, keep learning ilm along with all of the things that you do. And this will keep you free, from all of the other fitnas, from wasting time on surfing, from wasting time on TV, from wasting time on novels, from wasting time on fashion magazine, cooking magazine, all of these things that we do with our valuable precious time, <coughs> with their priceless time, we spend it on these things that have little or no value. Rather we should spend this priceless and valuable time on things that have tremendous value for afirah, which is the zikr of Allah taala and the ilm of our deen. Understand that Allah Ta'ala gave us two major blessings. One is called our mind and the second is called our heart. Our mind was given to us to fill that mind with the knowledge about Allah Ta'ala. To fill that mind with thoughts for Allah Taala, To fill that mind with knowledge of Qur'an and Sunnah. And our heart was given to us, why? To fill our heart with feelings for Allah Ta'ala. Feelings of Iman. Feelings of love for Allah, feelings of fear of Allah, feelings of love for Nabi Akreem wasallam, feelings of tawakkul, sabr, shukr, inaba, rabba, yaqeen, qanaaf, all of these things. So now it's our job in this life to fill our mind with that knowledge and to fill our heart with those feelings. So that's why we need to try to live a life which has some element of ilm and some element of zikr in it. But this was our message that we wanted to give to you today, to invite you to this path of Ilman Zikr. So now I'm going to explain to you how you can begin. Because there is, alhamdulillah, a step by step process that you can begin and be on your way to become a zakira woman and to become what's called a talibah. Taliba means that woman who is seeking the knowledge of Deen, who is thirsty for knowledge of Deen, who desires the knowledge of Deen. Why? Not because she wants to become a quote-unquote alima, but because she wants to learn to make herself pleasing to Allah She wants to learn what are those things that my Allah loves, what are those things that He dislikes, what did my Prophet sallallahu Alaihi guide me to do. She's thirsty for this knowledge. So when you get the thirst for the zikr, and the thirst for knowledge, then due to the barakah of these things, then the materialistic thirst will go away. The love for the dunya will go away. Then when you're focused on creation, Traitor. when you're focused on Allah Ta'ala, you will be less focused on creation. When you're less focused on creation, then you'll have less hasad, less backbiting, less envy, less anger, less negative feelings for others. So then your character will get purified. So your heart, soul, character will get purified when you make some time and effort to practice and learn the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, and to learn and practice the ilm of deen. The so first how to make yourself from the ذَاكِرَاتُ women Step number one is you want to focus on your salah You want to convert your salah into zikr You want to make every prayer into an act of remembrance of Allah Every single time you pray So this is something that our Masha'ik train You see now in everywhere in this life And maybe let me address this misconception also One is to try to learn something on your own and the second is to be trained by the experts in that field. So I'll give you a couple of examples from within our deen. So for example, there's something called tajweed. So the word tajweed is nowhere in Qur'an and nowhere in hadith. Allah ta'ala in quran wa quran al That you should recite the Qur'an in slow, melodious recitation. But later on, the Ummah, because of the richness of Arabic language, they picked another Arabic word to describe the same reality. It's called tajweed. Just like that, the word tazkiah is mentioned in Quran. However, later on the ummah, because of Arabic language, they chose to call it soul You can call it tasqia. It doesn't matter what label you give it, but the reality is there in the Quran and sunnah. Now, if any one of you were to ask me a fatwa, that is it farad for me to have my child learn recitation of Qur'an or from a qari. have a teacher, I said no it's not fun. Is it wajib? No, it's not wajib. Is it sunnat to No, it's not. It's optional for you, it's your choice. You want, your child can try to learn on his own. You want, you can give her a teacher. It's your choice. But all of you know, that if you arrange for a teacher for your child, and that teacher is a trained expert in that field, and second, that teacher has a curriculum, designed by the experts of that field, and they train your child in that curriculum, your child will have a better chance to become better skilled at tajweed. But if you ask me, Fatwa, oh this guy, he came and he brought a book called Nulani Kaida. Can you show me in Hadith where Nulani Kaida was taught to Sahaba? I say, I can't show you that. What about Ikra Kaida? I can't show you that. What about uh, Muqaddimatul Jazriyah? I can't show you that. There's no single book anywhere in the world that is being used to teach millions of children to read that I can show you the Prophet taught Sahaba like that. Hmm? So this is a misconception that some people have put in our mind that you can't do anything unless the Green Saws taught Sahaba in the same way. No, understand very clearly that some, there's one thing is called content of Deen, a second thing is called method of Deen. You cannot add to the content of Deen that is called Bidah. To add anything to the content of Deen that is called Bidah. However, that if something is mentioned in Qur'an and Sunnah, and Allah Ta'ala Himself has not prescribed any particular method, then Allah Ta'ala Himself has left the method open, then by very definition any method you adopt will be called quote-unquote new, you can adopt any method to arrive at the content of Deen, as long as there is nothing in that method against Sharia. Content must be established from Qur'an and Sunnah. Method does not need to be established from Qur'an and Sunnah. Method simply needs to not be against Sharia. For example, all of Tajweed. Not established from Qur'an and Sunnah, any of the teaching techniques, methods, curriculum of Tajweed but all acceptable indeed, as long as there's nothing in that method that is against the sharia. Just like that you will find is the area of hadith commentary, hadith commentary. The way we comment upon hadith, the way the muhaddisin has classified hadith, the entire scientific knowledge of hadith, none of that is itself established from Quran and sunnah, but it's a method by which we study hadith, and the method is perfectly permissible in sharia. Even like that is tafsir, All of these great Ulama who wrote so many large multi-volume Tafasir Explaining according to their knowledge and understanding the meaning of those verses All of that is a method to understand Qur'an It's not the content of Qur'an itself It's a method of understanding Qur'an And that method is acceptable as long as there's nothing in it that's against Sharia. So just like it's true for Tajweed, true for Tafsir, true for Hadith The same thing is true for Fiqh and Tazkiyah any method that is used to understand the content of the laws mentioned by Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an and Sunnah, that is acceptable. And those methods that are used to practice du'a and zikr of Allah Ta'ala, those are also acceptable. For example, Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, لِلَّهِ الْإِسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدْءُوهُ بِهَا That to Allah Ta'ala belong the beautiful names, make du'a to Allah Ta'ala using those names. So Allah Ta'ala gives us content, that Allah Ta'ala has names, and we should make an ibadah in which we make du'a to Allah Ta'ala using those names. There is no prescribed method for this however. Nowhere in Quran does Allah Ta'ala teach us a method to do this, and nowhere in hadith did Sayyidina Rasulullah prescribe any single method to do this. There's one hadith in Tirmidhi which mentions 99 of Allah Ta'ala's many names, so that's a mention of one set of names. But how do I make du'a? Should I say Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Ghafoor, Ya Ghafar? Should I say Allahumma Rahman, Allahumma Rahim? Should I say something else? Should I say Ya Rahman, Ahimna, Ya Ghafoor? How do I make du'a? But actually, there's no method mentioned. But doesn't mean you can pick any method you want as long as it's not against the Sharia. But what did the Salihin do? So the Salihin of this Ummah, they said, okay. If there's no method mentioned in Qur'an and Sunnah, so rather than come up with our own individual method, let us see if the experts in this field have a method, and we will just copy their method. So the experts of the field of du'a, they're called Ibadullah, Siddiqeen, Sadaqeen, Awliya. All of these words are in Qur'an. Those are the ones who are the most worshipful servants of Allah Ta'ala, the ones who make the most ibadah, so when we take the method of zikr and du'a from aliyah, but with zikr and du'a, that is already mentioned in Qur'an and sunnah, then this is a way to become from the zakirahs. So like Allah Ta'ala told us in Qur'an, ya أَيُّهُنَّذِينَ آمُنُوا كُنُوا اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا kathira That oh you have imam make a lot of zikr. So we were told to make a lot of zikr. Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an, Allah Kathira," That there are believers who do make a lot of zikr. So very simple, we should learn our zikr from zakirin. So the existence of experts in this field is established by Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an that there will always be people in the ummah who are zakirin allah Kathira, who are able to what? They're able to remember Allah Ta'ala all the time. They remember Allah Ta'ala in every salah, every rikud, every sujood. They remember Allah Ta'ala at work. لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تَجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ Allah Ta'ala establishes in many ayat الَّذِينَ يَذْكُلُونَ اللَّهُ wa وَكُعُونَ وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ So many different places in the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala establishes that there are people and will be people who have this ability to remember Allah Ta'ala at all times and all places. So we learn our zikr from Zakirin. We learn our zikr from Zakirin. So then these Zakirin, mashallah, they train us. So getting back to what I was telling you, step by step process. So the first way is to convert your salah into zikr. But how can I do that? I already pray salah. But you need to learn this. You need to be trained in this. i have written entire books on this. Our own Shaykh, he wrote a whole book on this in Urdu. Namaz asrar aur Alhamdulillah, we gave 2-3 presentations on this in English based on those teachings. You can learn that. You can listen to those on the website, and you can learn how to improve the quality of your salah, so that you also remember Allah Ta'ala in your salah. This is the first step to be coming from the Zakirah. Second step is to make use of the Muslim du'as. Make use of the Muslim du'as. And to make du'a to Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala, with making zikr of Allah SWT in your heart. So what for example, when after you eat you're supposed to say Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nali al wa wa But you're supposed to say with feeling from your heart. Let me explain to you with the feeling of hamd is through an example. Now imagine, just imagine, and may Allah SWT keep all of your and our children safe. Imagine if there's a small child at the top of the stairs, And before you can stop them, they try to walk down the stairs. And before you get there, they fall down the stairs, they tumble down the stairs. So what will happen? You will let out a scream, and you will race to that child, and you will pick up that child, and you will check, is there any bruise? Is there any mark? Is there any hurt? They seem fine. You will snap your fingers, see if they react, if their mind is okay. They seem fine. And then they look at you and they smile, and they walk away. So what will you say? You will say, Alhamdulillah. But at that moment when you say it, it's not just words you're saying from your tongue, you're saying it with the feeling from your heart. You truly feel this hum for Allah that's called sunnah du'a. That every time you eat, you say that sentence with such a strong feeling of love and praise for Allah then that means you're making sunnah du'as with dhikr. Dhikr means feelings for Allah in your heart. So you must learn the sunnah du'as, you must remember to use them at their particular times, but you must recite them with feelings from your heart. Hmm? Third thing, is that every day you should recite Quran Karim. Now again, some people have unfortunately spread this misconception, that there's no benefit to reciting Quran unless you either know the Arabic language, or you read the translation. So understand Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that every time you recite Qur'an, for every harf, for every letter you recite, you get 10 rewards. So Sahaba asked the Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even if we recite Alif, La, so what did that mean? They meant, we don't know what that means. Even if you recite something that we don't know what it means, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said yes, even then you will get 10 blessings from Allah ta'ala for every letter you recite. So no doubt, there are two now aspects of Qur'an. One is the zikr of Qur'an, one is the ilm of Qur'an. To get the ilm knowledge of Qur'an, you must formally be trained in tafsir by the ulama, salihin, zhakirin, mufassirin of this ummah. Right? It's not self-study. There's a certain level of knowledge you can get, no doubt, from reading the Qur'an translation, but then there's an in-depth understanding. Why do you want to content yourself to however much your own mind can understand when you never do that for any other learning? Even for your children, even if they go to high school, if they want to do math, they should have a teacher for it. If they want to study economics, they should have a teacher for it. Why? And the teacher should have an M.A. or a Ph.D. Why? Because they should study that subject under a person who is knowledgeable on that subject. Not just using a textbook of that subject. So if that is your approach to every single thing in education, is it only Qur'an education in which you feel that there is no need for a knowledgeable person to be your professor of Qur'an? So yes, you must get the ilm of Qur'an and you will do that by learning tafsir, alright? One way you can do that by living in this community is reach out to your local ulama, scholars, Ask them to arrange the tafsir class for you. We have put on the website entire tafsir of Qur'an in English. You can listen to that. For the women, my wife, she teaches the It's for Qur'an program. You can enroll in that. So you can get the knowledge of Qur'an. The second aspect of Qur'an is the zikr of Qur'an. The nur of Qur'an. Now you get that nur and dhikr simply by doing talawat. Talawat al-Kalamullah. which is the Arabic Qur'an. Always remember, the big difference is that translation of Kalam In some. It's somebody's human writing and expression in English and Urdu. But Kalamullah is the Arabic original Quran. So every day you should recite Quran, that is a great zikr of Allah Now I will give you one way you can get a feeling. It's enough feeling for you that this Quran has been sent by Allah You should be happy that I'm reciting Allah's Kalam back to him. And the Bayfreem said that when a person recites Quran, when a person recites Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala listens intently to them. So this is a feeling for you to feel. When you recite, that I'm reciting and why Allah Ta'ala is listening to me. Third way you can make zikr is that every day to tur-. recite fourth way, first was salah, second sunnah dua, three Qur'an, fourth is to recite salawat. In Urdu it's called Rushrif and the Biflim Allahumma salli ala seenuna Muhammad wa ala aali seenuna Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. To recite salutations and blessings on Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. This is your zikr, the way you remember him, the way you express your love for him, the way you express your love for him. Every day you must feel the feeling of love for Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in your heart the way you will give rise to those feelings is by reciting salawat and Darud. And those days that you don't recite salawat and Darud, and those days that your heart doesn't feel those feelings of love, then you should view that what an empty day of mind that was, that it was empty of the feeling of love for the vehicle, <laughs> Next zikr is that you should every day make istighfar. Every day you should make istighfar. Let me tell you, uh, about the tree So what I'm doing right now is I'm telling you what are the short program of the best zikr you can do on a daily basis. The best tree for you to recite is Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammadu wa ba'dik wa sallim. Because these three words have come most in hadith, salli, ba'dik, and sallim. Salli, sallim. So this is the most concise durut that has all of these three. Allahumma salli ala Seyyidna Muhammad wa ala Ali Seyyiduna Muhammadu wa barik wa sallim. Then I would sign the next zikr is istighfar. Make istighfar 100 times a day. Astaghfirullahalubbi min kulli zanbin wa atubu ilayhi. I seek the forgiveness of Allah, my Lord, and I turn in tawbah to Him. So these few zikr to practice with the tongue, Then the next thing I will tell you is some zikr of the heart. It's very important that our heart should be able to remember Allah SWT. And until your heart is in zikr, until you pray heartfelt salah, make heartfelt dua, offer heartfelt recitation of Qur'an, until you're able to do that, those things won't change you. What does it mean that if you pray salah, but your heart isn't in it, you will get the salah for that salah, you will fulfill the duty of salah, but your tazkiah won't take place. Your heart won't change, you won't get purified due to that salah. The only way you will get purified is when your heart is able to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When your heart is able to make the zikr of Allah So you must train your heart to do zikr. That way then both your tongue and heart will be doing zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So our identified through Qur'an a way to train your heart to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So there are two ways you will do this. The first is how to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your normal routine life. While cooking, while driving, while sitting with family, when shopping, while working, it means when you're not doing formal ibadah, all the rest of the time, still your heart should be remembering Allah Ta'ala. Your mind and body might be engaged in the work of the world, but your heart is making the zikr of Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala. In Arabic this is called wukuf al to pause your heart on the zikr of Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala. The way you will practice this, is every time you start anything, You simply make niyah that, Ya Allah, my heart is remembering you. I'm going to teach, all the time I'm teaching, I make niyah, my heart is remembering you. I have to drive, my heart is remembering you. I have to cook, my heart is remembering you. Housework, my heart is remembering you. I have to work, my heart is remembering you. I'm going shopping, my heart will be remembering you. I'm meeting family, my heart will be remembering you. Whatever you do, you make intention that while I'm doing that, my heart keeps on remembering Allah. Just by making this niyyah, constantly, repeatedly, many times a day, day after day, when you keep practicing this, you will see inshallah within a few days, that it will start happening. You'll say, yes I really felt, part of me was thinking about Allah Ta'ala. Part of me was secretly remembering Allah Ta'ala. Outwardly I was talking to the person, inwardly I was secretly remembering Allah Ta'ala. I was driving, but while driving my heart was feeling feelings of love for Allah Ta'ala feelings of shukr to Allah Ta'ala. I picked up my children from school. They were talking to me about their day. In my heart, I was making sugar to Allah that, Ya Rabbi, you brought my children back safely. So you will have this heartfelt connection, heartfelt relationship with Allah Ta'ala, but you have to practice this. So always make this niyyah an intention, day after day, week after week. Then you will see how natural it is for your heart to always feel feelings for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And the next form of zikr is called muraqabah, muraqaba. This is that method of zikr. So it's not something like I told you, the content is there in Qur'an and sunnah. The method was designed by Zakirin. Method is designed by Zakirin. So content from Qur'an, Allah in Qur'an, That make zikr of your Rabb inside yourself, in your button. So what's inside our button is our ruh. Which part of the ruh the zikr Allah Ta'ala clearly mentions in the Quran is the kalb. So the spiritual heart, the heart of the ruh. So make zikr of your rub from the heart of your ruh, your kalb to with longing, yearning, penitently, silently, secretly. Dunul Min al without any voice, without any sound. So you won't say anything, you won't speak anything. Silent zikr of Allah from your spiritual heart. So what happens when you make this intention? Allah Ta'ala explained in Quran, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That you make zikr of Allah, Allah will make zikr of you. How will Allah make zikr? You make zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart, Allah Ta'ala will send His nur on your heart, His hidayah on your heart, His rahmah on your heart. That will purify your heart. It's not our zikr that purifies us. It's Allah Ta'ala's zikr of us that purifies us. What our zikr does is it attracts and invites Allah Ta'ala's zikr on our heart. So that when Allah Ta'ala sends his zikr on our heart, that's called la yasha. And indeed Allah does purifies whomsoever he wills. So he wills and wishes to purify those hearts whose hearts are remembering him. So then in gratitude, in shukr, our heart starts making zikr of Allah's name. Allah has mentioned this in Qur'an, Make zikr of the name of your Rabb to the exclusion of everything else. So then now our heart will start remembering Allah Ta'ala. sahaba sahabah Al-Quran radiallahu ta'ala on ar their heart began remembering Allah Ta'ala simply through sobat of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so they didn't need this method, they had another method, they had a another, they had method, they also had method. But their method for tazkiyah was simply to be in the company of the Prophet Obviously mean you don't have access to that method. So we must have some other method to make our heart full of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the Isharah Allah Ta'ala has given to us in Qur'an. In Arabic the zikr is called muraqaba, muraqaba. This word comes from a verse in Qur'an where Allah Ta'ala says, Inna اللَّهَ That indeed Allah Ta'ala is raqib Means Allah Ta'ala is intensely vigilant, intensely watchful, intensely aware of the believers. So muraqabah means that, Allah, I want to do a special zikr in which I'm also intensely aware of you. That my heart only and only remembers you that I forget everything in the world, and the only thing that is left in my heart is the zikr of your name. So this is that zikr. You should practice the zikr 10 to 15 minutes a day, once or twice a day. In beginning, it's easier to do it before salah. It's a good practice, warm-up exercise for salah. Or do it after salah. It's a good way to preserve the nur of salah. And as you begin these practices of zikr, inshallah, you will be on your way to become from the zakirat. And the way, like I told you, you can study ilm, is try to get some local scholars, ulama, mashaim, to teach you ilm. If that's difficult for you, then you're welcome to join the free online classes we have arranged for you for women. And mashallah, there are already some of our students who are here, and they can help and guide those of you who are new. Then comes one more aspect, and that is the aspect of having a teacher. So there's a lot of, again, misconception on this. So the teacher of Quran is called Qari, The teacher of the meanings of Qur'an is called Alim and the teacher of the feelings of Qur'an is called Shaykh. So actually you need all three in your life. You need to learn how to pronounce the words properly. You need a teacher for that. You need to learn the true, deep, in-depth knowledge and meanings. You need a knowledgeable scholar, a scholar for that. And you need to learn the feelings of Qur'an and how to feel those feelings. And you need somebody who has been trained in the aspect of feelings for that. Shaykh is nothing else. Shaykh is not the person who will dictate you what to do in your life. Shaykh is not the person that you become part of this cult following. Shaykh is simply that person who helps you feel the feelings of Qur'an and the feelings of Sunnah. So for example, Shaykh is our Ustad, our teacher, our guide, our helper, our tutor, our coach. And how to feel Toba, how to feel Taqwa how to practice sunnah, how to feel zikr, how to feel haya, how to feel sabr, how to feel shukr. And this way our Masha'ik teach this, number one is through Bayan, so like we're explaining to you today, and you can hear many many bayanat and read different works of our Masha'ik. So when you get those teachings of tazkiyah, and you live your life according to that, that is the teacher-student relationship. The second way the shaykh teaches is by instructing in zikr. So I already did that for you. That gives you a daily program of Zikr to practice. Now your first job is to do these two things. To listen to Bayan, make your life according to Bayan. Bayan is the teachings of Quran and Sunnah about the feelings for your life. And to practice the Zikr we instructed First you should do this. Then if you want to be in contact and correspondence, the first thing you will be in contact with is about these two things. Okay, I listen to Bayan. how do I implement it in my particular family circumstance? I'm trying to make the zikr, I can't concentrate, I fall asleep. So you can get counseling and advice on this. Only when a person, we see that for 4 months, 6 months, 1 year, they've made a lot of effort to listen to Bayan and to change their life according to teachings of Qur'an, and Sunnah they're practicing the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, 90 to 100% of their problems and issues, go away, due to the baraka of these two things. But if they, and then, then what we do is whatever might be left, then we move into the... we move into the area of sometimes you need some individual, personal, troubleshooting, problem-solving, counseling, sometimes family matters, sometimes husband might be issues, sometimes parent-child issues, but we start that process only after You've gone through the general training and counseling through bayam and zikr. Alhamdulillah, we have made niyat that we come here to your country twice a year inshallah and beyond that then we have our local resident couple here, Shaykh Maulana Hamoud and his wife who can also help and guide you and connect you to the different teachings. And like I said, there's many resources for you to learn online. So if you make that niyyah today, that you wish to begin this journey, this path of zikr, this path of ilm, this path of tazkiyah, this path of tarbiyyah, then what you get is you also get the community of other women, for seekers on this path, So you can encourage one another, remind one another, share with one another. And all of this is an effort for one reason, which is to connect your heart to Allah Ta'ala, to bring yourself closer to Allah Ta'ala, to make your heart have more love for Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala accept this needs from us. May Allah Ta'ala make each and every one of us from the Zakirin Wakineen. May He make each and every one of you from the Zakirat Mu'minat. May He accept our heart to remember Him, our heart to love Him. May He fill our heart with the Nur of Zikr. May He fill our heart with the Nur of Ilm. May He give us a life of learning Quran, learning Sunnah, living Quran, living Sunnah, feeling Quran. Feeling Sunnah, may He put a true love and respect in our heart for all the ulama'al uliyah of this Ummah wa akhir na'wana, and Alhamdulillah, ilam min Before we end, inshallah, with dua, I want you to practice the short, silent zikr, of, silent zikr of Allah's name. May Allah accept us for life and zikr and ilm. Before we make dua, practice muraqabah, short, silent zikr of the heart. Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from everything in the world. Make me that, Ya Rabbi, I want to remember only you. Ya have send your nur in my heart, your in my heart, soften my heart towards the deen, fill my heart with your love, purify my heart of its sins. And I make me that, Maqalb, the heart of my ruh, is silently, silently calling your name, as if Maqalb is reciting, Allah, Allah, Allah. Wash all the sins away, and change my dead heart. Wash all the sins away, and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. I've spent my life running away from you. I've spent my life running away from you, and now I have nowhere to turn except you. I have been doing all my life what I craved. Shaitan and nafs have always had me enslaved. The path leading La <laughs> ilaha <laughs> illallah, Muhammad al-Rasulullah. May the Rasulullah May the Rasulullah be the Rasulullah. May the Rasulullah be the Rasulullah. May the Rasulullah be the Rasulullah. May the Rasulullah the Rasulullah. May the Rasululullah be the we lost the path of zikr. We were lost in the dunya, remembrance of dunya, love for dunya, attraction to dunya. Yaira Bikrim, we put all of our efforts in this dunya. it became we now we're turning to you. Help us, Ya Rabb, guide us, Ya Rabb. Put tawfiq in our heart, Ya Rabb. We want to strive for deen, strive for you, have passion for you, have love for you. it became put a deep desire in our heart for you, put a burning love in our heart for you, put a driving force in our heart for deen. let deen be the most beloved thing to our heart let akhirah be the most beloved place to our heart let us work for our true home our real home our akhirahum let us make us strong in our deen steadfast in our deen grant us the feelings in our salah for years we've been praying empty salah help us put the noor in our heart put your love in our heart put your zikr remembrance in our heart grant us the salah of the zakirin grant the women the salah of the zakirin out. Make us zikr and our sujood, zikr and our ruku, zikr and our qiyam, zikr and our Quran. Ya N for years we neglected. the Bikri make us regular in Salawat and Durood. Every day we want to feel new love for Nabiqream, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Every day we want to express that love in durood and Salawat. Help us, Ya Rabbi. Accept this new of ours on this day. There became so many times we make so many sins. Ya Rabbi, make Toba on this day. Make it us for all the sins that we ever did. Take us out from our life of sin. Take us out from the addiction of sin. Take us out from temptation to sin. Take out from our heart the feelings of sin. Remove every unlawful desire from our heart. Every unlawful greed from our heart. All the anger envy for others in our heart. All the hostility for others in our heart. Ya Rabbi, make a soft heart kind-hearted, gentle-hearted, Ya Rabbi Karim. Ya will take out all the sinful memories from our mind, the sinful thoughts from our mind. Fill our thoughts with thoughts, fill our mind with thoughts of You, thoughts of Deen, thoughts of Quran, thoughts of Sirah, thoughts of Sunnah, Ya Rabbi Fill our mind with knowledge of You, fill our heart with feelings for You. In the beginning, we too want to be amongst those people who remember You in the day, remember You at night, remember You at home, remember You at work. In Rabbi beginning, make it easy for us, Ya Rabbi. Protect us from every ghafla, every false hobby, every wasteful activity, every recreation, leisure, entertainment, pleasure that is not pleasing to you. Ya Allah, guide us to those activities that are pleasing to you. Guide us to that lifestyle that is pleasing to you. Make us have a character that is pleasing to you. Let us accept us for ilm al-deen. Grant us knowledge of Quran, knowledge of tasir, knowledge of hadith and sunnah, the understanding of deen, the feelings of deen. Ya Allah, ya Rabbi Kareem, humana رحمت doesn't ہمیں Hamabi اپنے غلامت دے تبول فرما ہم آپ کے بندگی سیکھنے کے آئے ہیں بندگی عطا فرما دیجئے تقوی حاصل کرنے send your special رحمت on these women all the women who are here Ya رب make each and every one of them from the salihات women from your zakirat women put in their heart the feelings of the ummahat <laughs> mu'mineen make in their life the likeness of the sahabiyat یا رب the same haya that say the maryam I shall read you that on grant all of these women the resemblance of that haya, the same ilm and tafakku that Umm Habiyyin say that I shall read it on a i grant all these women the likeness of that yaran, will fill their hearts with the nur of zikr, fill their hearts with the ilm of deen and will soften the hearts of their families. Put peace and love in their homes. Soften the hearts of the husband. Soften the hearts of the in-laws. Remove all the obstacles to deen. Remove all the difficulties. Put barak in their homes. Barak in their time. Barak in their risk. Barak in their health, Balak in their deen, Ya Rabbi Let every salah affect us, that every gathering move us, let every dua zikr affect us. it Rabbi put barak in all the things that we do in deen, except from our ibadahs, except our duas, except our zikr, except our ilm. Yad, each and every one of them, Ya came here today, hoping that they would hear something that would connect them to you, remind them to you, of you. Accept this niyat of theirs, before they rise from this place, before they return from their home women, to whom else can they turn? And you know their secret needs, you know their silent pleas, you know their secret cries, and I grant the cries in their breasts. Grant the needs that they have. Fulfill their wants, Ya Rabbi Grant them every pious wish that they express at this moment to you. Those who are married, get them happy married life. Those who are yet to be married, decree for them a noble, lawful spouse, Ya who will be their partner and companion in Deen. Those who are parents, Ya make it easier for us to raise our children. Make our children, the king, Make our children from Uliya, Mu'mineen. Accept our children always for khidmat of Deen. And if can, those who are parents yet to have children, of your infinite mercy and karam if you wish grant them blessing Your Rabbah your Rabb and if it is your hikmah then grant them some other blessing and console their heart ya Rabbi Kareem ya we make that you ask and accept that you accept all the two that those are asking in their heart fulfill all their needs ya al Kareem apne rahmat karam fazlunna za firma apne kubuliyat atah firma mahbubiyat atah firma hama akum manik mi ayhe manwanik ni ayhe kurb hasak li पाने के में आए हैं आप कबूल कर लीजिए हमारा आलाप कबूल फरमा बहनक कबूल फरमा आपके नाम आपकी निस्बत पर जमा होना बार-बार हमें नसीब फरमा रेबी के हमें भी उन खुश नसीब में सुना तो अल मुताहबुन फिल्ला एक दूसरे सिर्फ आपकी खातिर मोहब्बत करते थे इस मोहब्बत को कबूल कर अपनी मोहब्बत हासिल के बना عطا, فرما. دین کی حقیقی محمد عطا فرما. دتا فرما یہ سب خاتین جو آئے ہیں اپنے خصوصی نظر ان پر نائب فرما ایک نظر ان کے کل پر ڈا دیجئے ان کے کام بن جائے گا آپ ان کے ارادہ کر دیجئے وہ آپ کو مراد بن جائیں گی آپ ان کو علم کے لیے چننیجے ذکر کے لیے چننیجے حیاء کے لیے چننیجے تقوی کے لیے چننیجے ان کو اپنے کی سکھا ان کو اپنے خاص محبوبات مؤمنات میں سے رب فرما رب اللہ تعالیٰ یا رب بکریم انتمام اوٹے کے جو بھی سہری ہیں دوست ہیں رشتہ دار ہیں ہمسائے ہیں جو بھی ان کے حل کے دارے میں سب کو ان دعوان میں شامل فرما جس نے دعا کی درخواست کی دیکھ پھر بولا کہنا چاہتے تھے نہ کہہ سکے ان کے بھی ان میں شامل فرما دل کے اچھے ہیں آپ ان کی اس دل کے اچھائے کو دیکھتے ہوئے اپنے ہدایت ان کو اطاف فرما ان کو ہر فتن سے محفوظ فرما ان کو بھی حیاء ہو جی زندگی نصیب فرما ذکر والی زندگی اطاف فرما انہوں والی زندگی اطاف فرما ایرے بکلیم آپ جو اڑتے آئیے ان میں سے کوئی ایسے اوڑ کو کھڑا فرما مفسرہ ہے محدث ہے آپ کی ولم بنى تكمل منا انك انت السميع القديم و تعلمينا انك انت Wa الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين